Hello and welcome to the Christ Fellowship weekly podcast. At Christ Fellowship, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on Sunday morning, please visit ChristFellowship.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Well, Jamie did launch you all into a uh, series, The Beautiful Exchange, which I, I listened to his message this week and was super blessed by Jamie, like I always am. Uh, just anything associated with Jamie and Kim Miller is a blessing. Uh, the beautiful exchange, the, the, the scripture itself is the fruit of the Spirit. The, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And uh, Jamie preached on love last week, but the kind of the, the central theme of it is actually from a few chapters earlier in Galatians where Paul says in Galatians 2.20, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So we're all invited to live this exchanged life, the life of Christ for our life, our life for the life of Christ. And today I just want to take us into uh, this aspect of the life of Jesus, and that is the person of Jesus, and that is His joy. How many of you know Jesus is joyful? All right, Jesus is joyful. You know, there are occasions for joy like Sydney and and uh, and Joel's wedding a few weekends ago, great occasion for joy. The birth of a baby is an occasion for joy. Uh, in Scripture, we read about joy from Genesis to Revelation, and a couple of these occasions for joy were the dedication of Solomon's temple. There was a lot of rejoicing, a lot of things going on that day that just were uh, depictive of people who were filled with joy. Same thing at the dedication of the wall in Jerusalem after Nehemiah. And uh, those Jews had rebuilt the wall, an occasion for joy. Then there's outbursts of joy. You know, I have outbursts of joy often when Susan walks in the room. I just go, woo! I mean, you know, it's kind of electrifying. Uh, uh, I grew up in a household where my dad couldn't carry a tune in a bucket, but when my mom would walk in the room, he'd sing, there she is, Miss America. And uh, so I kind of took on, I kind of kept that little uh, theme going because because I'm married to the most awesome woman in the world. Uh, it's not my mom anymore. Uh, but, you know, there are outbursts of joy. And when the disciples returned from Jesus, having commissioned them in Luke 10, it says they came in and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And it says in Scripture in Luke 10, 31, in 10, 10, 21, it says of Jesus at that very time, he rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus had an outburst of joy that day. One of many. And there are also objects of joy. Uh, like just a moment ago, I mentioned the birth of a baby being an occasion of joy. Well, that little child becomes an object of his or her parents' joy. And like the father saying of Jesus at his baptism, uh, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus was an object of his father's joy. But today, I want us to focus on the origins of joy. And since the word origins is a little bit clunky and a a little bit odd. I'm just going to go with the word source. Is that okay? I want to talk about the sources of joy. The sources of joy. And the first one uh, should be rather obvious, and that is God. God is a source of joy. In fact, He created it. In fact, He is it. Scripture tells us that God is love in 1 John, but we it could also say God is joy. God is peace. God is patience. God is the epitome. He is the source. He's the wellspring. He's the fountainhead of joy. There would be no possibility of joy on planet Earth if it were not for God 
being a God of joy. In Matthew 25, Jesus tells that parable of the talents. In the NLT version of the Bible, it says that 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 money that the master stewarded or, or gave to his servants to steward was silver. So let's just say there were five bags of silver given to one, two to another, and one to another. And it says that that master told his servants, I want you to do something with this money that I give you. I want you to go and I want you to put it to work. And so I want to focus on the two guys who took what they'd been given and they doubled it and listen to what their master, who is a picture of God in this parable, he gives to us and he wants us to steward what he's given us. He's, it's a picture of God and God, the master says, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. The master said, I got some joy. I want you to enter into it. You did well. So enter into my joy. You know, in the book of Nehemiah, I mentioned a moment ago, the walls of Jerusalem had been rebuilt. And on October 8, 445 B.C., they all gathered together to listen to Ezra the priest read from the word of God from morning till night. And they worshiped God and they said yes and amen all day long to his word. And they understood it, Scripture says. And it says they were convicted of their sin and they wept and they mourned loudly. But listen to what Nehemiah said that day. He said, don't, don't weep and mourn today for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Lord's joy is your strength, people of God. Jesus says in John 15, 11, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So joy is his, the joy of the Lord. Listen, if it's not already there, I want to paint a new and a fresh picture of the Lord in your mind and in your spirit today. He's joyful. He's joyful, man. God is joyful. He's filled with joy. He is the source of joy. He's a glad God. He's smiling. He's laughing. He created all of that. And I guarantee you, he knows how to do joy better than any of us do. God's a God of joy because he's where it all comes from. I love Zephaniah 3.17. It says, for the Lord your God is living among you. He's a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. His love, with his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Can you hear that today? I don't know if you hear his songs, but I do think about God rejoicing over me with joy. I say, God, I don't know what that looks like right now. I can't even imagine the creator of everything there is, the master of the universe, but you're dancing and singing and rejoicing over me because the Bible tells me that's all. So I believe it because he is the source of all joy and he is exuberantly joyful. That's the picture I see in Luke 15. I don't know about you, but when I read scripture, you know, I try to put myself in it. I try to imagine what it's like. So Jesus is talking to his disciples one day and he tells that parable of the prodigal son. And it says that when the prodigal son came to his senses, he said, I'm going to go back to my father. And it says as he was going down the road, it says his father saw him from a distance. And I want to tell you something, man. He had a joy moment. That father was jo filled with joy. And he raised it. Oh, yeah, my son, my son, my son whom I love. He's coming home. He's coming home. I'm filled with so much gladness and joy. My son is coming home. So joyful. Our father in heaven. Now, it's vital that we 
absolutely are convinced that God's the source of joy, that He's the wellspring of joy, that He's the power station from which joy comes. But what do we all know about the water sources around us and below us today and the power sources that are in our city or that are in our homes? We have to come near to them and tap into them to get water and power, right? I mean, I can look over here at this massive jug of water that I brought from Waco that people must have thought, my goodness, this is a thirsty guy who came. And I can look at that and I can say, I, that's a source of water. That water looks great. It's clear water. But until I get that water, until I do something with it, I can think all day long, well, there's a source to quench my thirst right there. But until I tap into it and do something with this water, it's not going to do me any good. So I need to draw near to this water. I need to take this water. And I need to take this water into me. And that's what God wants Him to do. He Himself is the ultimate source of joy. It's what He wants us to do. For all of humanity, God has enough joy for all of us. So for us to even have a thought today of living a life of joy, and that's my assumption today. My assumption is all of us want to live a joy-filled life. Is that right? We want to live this way. So in order for us to even have a thought of it, we have to come close to Jesus and tap into his life and into his love that Jamie preached about and into his joy, his peace, etc. You know, Jamie talks about sound bites in his message. When I listened to this message from here last week, he talked about the sound bite. Well, here's our sound bite this morning. That is this, the likelihood of us experiencing the joy of the Lord is directly correlated to our proximity and our connectivity to Him. We got to be close to Him. I got to get a little bit closer to that water to uh, enjoy it. I got to get connected to that and receive that water in order to be filled uh, for my thirst to be quenched. So why would I say that? Why do we even need... There's a, God's the source. Why do we need to draw near to Him? Why do we need to be in His presence? Only because the Bible says it. That's the only reason I'm saying it. Because Psalm 1611 says, in your presence is fullness of joy. It says in Psalm 68.3, but let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. And Psalm 34.8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. So Jesus makes this a little bit more, even a little bit more tangible for us. He's the ultimate source of joy. We need to draw near to Him. We need to get connected to Him. He makes it a little bit more tangible for us once again by telling us, hey, it's really going to be in your day-by-day -day life of prayer with me. He says in John 16, 24, until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be made full. So how incredible is that, that Jesus would say to us, hey, my son and my daughter, as long as you're drawing near to me in my presence is fullness of joy. How incredible that he would say to us, you might as well fill up your joy tank by asking for what you need in my name and receiving it. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. In the footnote of my Bible in John 15, 11, that I read earlier that says that Jesus said you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. It says this. It says, true joy transcends the rolling waves of circumstances. Joy comes from a consistent relationship with Jesus Christ. The joy of living with Jesus Christ daily will keep us level-headed no matter what, how high or low our circumstances. 
So God is the ultimate source of joy on the planet. And the first and most important way that we tap into and experience the joy of the Lord is through close proximity and connectivity to Him every day. And another source of joy that Scripture clearly spells out is God's salvation and eternity in heaven. Todd spelled it out so well during that communion time. God's salvation. How how grateful, how joyful are we today that God no longer counts our sins against us, but has removed them from us as far as the east is from the west. And He's clothed us with, clothed us with His own righteousness and He's called us His own. He's forgiven us. In Romans 4, Paul says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Can anybody say, thank you, Jesus? Man, I'm forgiven. I don't know about you, but I'm one of those ones that John Newton wrote about. I'm the, uh, the wretched one. You know, the amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That's me. But God forgave me. I don't know why other than the Bible tells me He loves me so much. I don't know why He loves me. I just say, thank you, Lord. The Word of God is so true. The Apostle Peter says this. It's a long scripture, but I want you to hear what he says. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's by His great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. Friends, there is wonderful joy ahead. It's a terrible day. It's a terrible week. It's been a terrible month. I have had terrible things happen in my life. Whatever your circumstances are, believe me, in this world you will have troubles. Jesus knew what He was talking about. But On those days where you just cannot tap into anything else, say, God, I'm going to be in heaven with you. I'm going to get to go to heaven because of your mercy and your grace, because of your salvation. So Paul's saying, hey, you've been forgiven of your sins. You've been born again. Rejoice. And Peter's saying, man, you've, you've got heaven to look forward to. So rejoice. If you're a forgiven believer in Jesus this morning, whatever your current circumstances are, You have this to rejoice about. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and you will get to be with Him in heaven. That is a source of joy, brothers and sisters. That is a source of joy for us. I don't have a clue how to fully embrace and maintain a joyful life without fixing my eyes and my hope on heaven and on eternity there. Sometimes it's ever so often. Sometimes it's more often than not. You know what I'm saying? We've got to have a heavenly, eternal perspective. Friends, eternity is Jesus. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be beyond belief. He'll be there and we'll see Him. And there'll be no more sin. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more sorrow or darkness or death or tears or fear or pain or problems. And instead, the Bible says it's going to be The presence of God, light and pure and rich and royal and spacious and joyful. It's going to be Jesus. And surrounded by your glory, 
What will my heart feel? Will I dance with you, Jesus? Or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine, friends, what it's going to be like to be with Jesus in heaven. And I can't wait. I can't wait. God Himself is a source of joy. Just His presence. The person of Jesus. The, the Holy Spirit of Jesus. And the salvation that He has given us and our anticipation of heaven is a source of joy. And Scripture also tells us that the promises of God and the words of Jesus Himself are a source of joy. Listen to this crazy paradox. In Isaiah 54, verse 1, it says, Shout for joy, O barren one. You who have borne no child, break forth into joyful shouting and cry aloud. You who have not travailed, for the sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman, says the Lord. How can a barren woman shout for joy and break into joyful shouting? Because God said she should. That's the only reason. Is because God said she should. There's not an evidence of that which she wants, but God says, shout for joy because your children are going to be more. Your children are going to fill. This is the Scripture that goes on to say, enlarge your tent, stretch forth your cords, strengthen your stakes, because you're going to be this place is going to be filled with your children. God's Word is true. He calls that which is not into existence. Nehemiah says there in Nehemiah 9.8, And you have done what you promised, for you are always true to your word. That's a source of joy. That's a source of joy. Know what Scripture says and you can receive joy from God just through His Word. God's, words, what God's Word promises Jesus says, But now I come to you and these things I speak in the world so that they may, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. Jesus is praying to the Father and He says, hey, I'm speaking these words to them. They're going to be a source of joy for them. Friends, God's Word and His promises are major sources of joy in our lives. On August 21st, 1992, that beautiful daughter of mine, Shannon, was born in Waco. And we named Shannon, Shannon Joy. Why did we name her Shannon Joy, because she was and we knew that she would be a source of joy to us. And man, was she ever and is she ever. I've told Shannon all through the years, I say, Shannon, you're a delight. You're a delight. You are such a joy. Well, 52 days before her birth, one of Shannon's uncles who was looking forward to welcoming his niece into the family went to work. In fact, he lived right across the Metroplex in Dallas. And that particular day, July 1st, 1992, he came to work in Fort Worth, Texas, and he went to the Tarrant County Courthouse. And among others in the gallery at the Tarrant County Courthouse on July 1st, 1992, was a man named George Lott. And as a lawyer, my brother wanted to see justice that day. And as a troubled man who'd lost a child custody battle in that very courtroom that day four years earlier, Mr. Lott sought vengeance. And because he believed that he'd not been served justice in that courtroom at a certain time, 9.35 a.m. as it were, 
George Lott reached into a briefcase that he had brought into the Tarrant County Courthouse. He pulled out a 9mm Glock automatic pistol and he began firing at the judicial bench. And George Lott's firing that day of that pistol injured three people, two of the judges and an assistant district attorney. And it also killed two people. Another assistant district attorney named Chris Marshall, 41-year-old with a wife and children, was killed. And the other person killed was 33-year-old John Edwards who had twin three-year-old boys at that time and an 11-month-old son and who also had a niece who would never meet him. On August 21st, 1992, my daughter, Shannon Joy Findlay. Why did we name Shannon, Shannon Joy? We liked the name Shannon. We hadn't yet settled on what her middle name would be. But after John was murdered, we named her Joy. Because the Word of God is true where it says weeping may last for a night, but rejoicing, joy comes in the morning. And God met us in that time of brokenness and pain and trial and struggles. And the joy of the Lord was our strength. God's Word is true. He never lies. He never fails. He's always faithful to His promises. We need the Word of God. We need to know the God of the Word and we need to know the Word of God because it's a source of joy in times such as that. The Word of God is reliable and can be trusted when it says God is our refuge and strength. He is an ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. I love the fact that Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The city of God. The city of God is sitting out in front of me. I'm a city of God. I'm a place where the most holy, holy dwells. If you know Jesus, the most holy dwells within you. And there is a river that will make you glad even when the mountains quake, even when the rivers surge, even when the waters foam. And that river comes from the source, the throne of God, and flows into His people like Jesus said in John 7 on the last day of the feast. He stood up in the middle of everyone. He said, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And rivers of living water will flow from within him. And it says, and of this he was speaking of the Holy Spirit whom he not yet sent. He sent him, Lord, uh, friends, the, the Spirit of God is here. And he is a river that will make glad the city of God. And when you need the joy of the Lord, say, God, fill me afresh with the Holy Spirit. When you've lost a loved one, say, God, it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad, Lord. And I'm weeping, Lord. But I know that joy will come in the morning because you're faithful to your promises. There is a river. I don't know what your personal stories and testimonies are regarding the Bible being your source of joy, friends. But I could literally talk for hours and hours about how it is done in my life. What the psalmist says in Psalm 119.92, If your instructions hadn't sustained me with joy, I would have died in my misery. God wants His Word to sustain you with joy. It's a source of great joy. Live in the living Word of God and let it be that source of joy to you. Rejoice in God's forgiveness of your sins and your salvation and the promise of eternal life. And draw near to and drink deeply of the fountain, the wellspring of, of joy, Jesus Himself. And the last couple of things I just want to touch on and finish, and that is the Bible tells us 
There's another source of joy, and it's called faith-testing trials. Faith-testing trials. I'm talking about the opportunity for growth and for strength of character that trials and difficulties, pains and struggles, problems and persecutions afford us. James says it this way in James 1, 2-4. through 4, He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result that you may be mature and complete and lacking in nothing. James doesn't tell us that the trial of your brother-in-law, of my wife's brother being murdered, is, a, is joy. But he says, I want you to look beyond that trial. I want you to look beyond the pain right now. I want you to look beyond your problems and be able to see this. If you will endure through that, if you'll become better and not bitter in this trial, in this trouble, he says, there's something waiting for you that's a source of joy right now. You're going to become more mature. You're going to become more complete. You're going to be lacking in nothing. Praise God that He would even use what Jesus said in John 16.33, in this world you will have trouble. Praise God that He would even use that which is the most painful, the most troublesome in our lives in order to fill us with the joy of the Lord to be our strength in those times. Think about this. You wouldn't even know what joy is if you didn't know some sorrow trials and some tests. God is good. The last thing I want to mention is that the Scripture says there's a fifth source of joy, and that is like-minded believers. You guys, you're a source of joy to me today. You're a source of joy. Paul says, for who is our hope or joy or crown of exultation in 1 Thessalonians? He says, is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus at His coming? For you are our glory and our joy. Praise God for the church of Jesus Christ. Praise God for this source of joy. I don't need to say this today because I'm preaching a message about joy and Scripture says that. I'm telling you, I had an uptick of joy in my spirit when we came into Christ Fellowship this morning. If we were back in Waco at our home church, I would be filled with the joy of the Lord to be with the people of God. I love to be in His presence with His people singing praises was an old 1990s Hosanna Integrity song taken straight from Psalms, the Scriptures. I dated myself right there. Paul told Timothy, I will be filled with joy when we are together again. Don't you experience that? Don't you just like, up, oh, this is kind of up in my joy meter. Just rose up. Just got here to be with Todd. Just got here to be with the Sharsbergs. Just got here to be with you guys. Man, what a source of joy. So to live a joyful life. Just imagine right now, as I close it, we're... We're at a river. We're at the head of that river. And there's a source, and we got to go to that source. And we don't just go to it, but we draw right up close to it, and we drink from Him. And we get filled to overflowing with Him, and we walk in Him, and we jump in Him. That's a source of joy. His name is Jesus. And then we're in that river, and we rest in His Word, and the calm waters of His voice, and the assurance and the comfort of His promises. That's a source of joy. And then sometimes that river starts to get narrow as it goes through the canyons. And we embrace the narrow. And we embrace the exhilarating and painful rapids that He'll allow us to go through in order for us to become more and more like Jesus. And then don't go it alone in the joy tube, man. Don't go it alone. Do life with community. Don't leave the church. Don't leave the church. If anything, I'm a churchman. 
I'm a churchman. I've been in the church since nine months before I even came out of my mother's womb. I've been in the church all my life. I love the church. I love the church. Anywhere that I ever go, I will always be devoted to and become a member of the body of Christ there locally. Stay in the church. What a source of joy. Not always perfect. It's a mess. It's full of us. The church is messy, but the head is perfect and beautiful and a source of joy. And if we'll stay connected to the head, I promise you, Christ Fellowship Fort Worth is going to be the most joyful place ever. I think it might have been, man. We kind of erupted with one of those outbursts of joy earlier, praise God. I love you guys. I want to just bring it to a close right now and point out a really unique thing about what I just shared with you from Scripture. You know, we talked about those occasions of joy. We talked about the, the outbursts of joy. We talked about objects of joy. But there's something unique about the five sources of joy, the origins of joy that I shared with you right now. And that is, every one of them are eternal. That's why we can go to these places to find joy according to Scripture. The Trinity is eternal. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Eternal. The gift of salvation and heaven are eternal. No one can snatch you out of my Father's hand, Jesus said. You got something forever. And I've gone to prepare a place for you that you may be with me forever. Salvation in heaven is eternal. The, the, the final product of enduring through trials so that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. There's an end to the trials. And if we endure to the end, Jesus says, those who endure to the end are going to be saved. You're going to come into that completeness and perfection with the Lord Jesus. The Word of God is eternal. Heaven and earth may fade away, but God's Word will last forever and ever. Source of joy. Always reliable. Always a source of joy for you. And finally, the saints. You know, the souls of men and women are going to last for eternity. Stay with these in God's church. Amen. Let's all stand together and worship team. Why don't you come on up here? I want to just give two simple invitations today. And if those who minister at the altar here can come on up and just be ready to pray with those who may need prayer today. I want to invite you all just to bow your heads and close your eyes right now. And maybe you're here today and you never have plugged into the source. You just you don't yet know Jesus. You don't yet have that. Know that I know that I know that if I were to die today, I would spend eternity with God in heaven because I've actually said yes to Jesus. This is the way Scripture says that you say yes to Jesus and you inherit eternal life as a gift of grace from Him. It says if you confess your sins, if you confess your sinner, that you're a sinner to the Lord Jesus, and you believe that His death on the cross was sufficient to pay the penalty that you owe for your sins, and you believe that after Jesus died on the cross that He rose from the dead, the Bible says you can be saved. You can be forgiven, hallelujah. You can receive a joy today that you've never known before because you know my sins are forgiven. I have salvation through Jesus and I'm going to spend eternity with Him even one day. And if you want to do that, I want to invite you just to do this and pray this prayer with me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, I need You. I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Lord, please forgive me today of my sin. And Lord, I receive you. I receive your gift of salvation. I ask you to come into my life and change me. Make me a new person. And Lord, 
I thank you for the gift of eternal life today through the love and grace of Jesus Christ. There's no other source for that life. And if you prayed that prayer today, I want to invite you in a moment just to come up and share that with one of the ministers here at Christ Fellowship, one of these life group leaders or pastors, those who are ministering. And for the rest of us, I've talked a lot about joy today, but you notice how many trials I talked about? You notice how much pain I've talked about? It's part of life. It's part of life. Tragic things, difficult things, painful things in your own life maybe. This is the best time, best time, best place right now just to come and to, to ask somebody to pray with you about that need. Whether it be something that is very hard and very, uh, very painful to you or whether it's just a need in your life, Jesus said, I've said these things to you that, you that you may ask and receive that your joy may be full. So this is a good time to pray with somebody, whatever your need may be, particularly for those of you who in some way say, Steve, I hear you, I heard all that, but the joy of the Lord feels like it's a million miles away from me right now. I've been there before, and I just got to plug back into these sources of joy, and this is a great time for you to do that. So I want to invite you to come and just unload your burdens at the feet of Jesus and praying with a brother or sister here right now. Let's sing this song together.